We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, welcome back, everyone, to another Welcome to the J episode. I am your host, Jahans Maniga, aka 12. Make sure to like and subscribe to the Field of 68 Media Network. Like I always say, this is the best way for you guys to get news such as this from different guys representing the alma maters like I'm doing today. You see the big J's flag in the background. For those of you who are watching the uh, visual, um, the video version of the podcast, I got a very special guest with me. Here today, he is actually our 14th guest in season three of the Welcome to the J podcast. He is a Cretonian through and through. He is a regular traveler. He is my boy, Matthew Dover, and he's also a new father. Matthew, congratulations. How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing well. Sleep is on a, at a minimum, <laughs> but we're doing all right. We've had we've had you this year. We've had Taylor, two guys who, two of my favorite guys, both new fathers. How, how are some of the challenges of this new role in your life having to provide for, you know, your offspring, basically? Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. You know, it's, uh, it's not something anyone can prepare you for, um, but it's been good. You know, I, I act like I'm doing a lot of the work. My wife's doing most, most of the work. <laughs> you know, I'm just there for support um, as best I can. Uh, but just the challenges of having this new little, little thing that relies on you for life is kind of crazy. <laughs> Someone yeah, I can, all, I can okay. only imagine because I'm not in that stage of my life just yet. But like, I don't know, when Taylor was here talking about it, I, I don't feel like I'm mentally ready to be there either. 
Well, it's funny. Um, someone told me it's, it's amazing that something so little can make two adults so tired. And it's true. <laughs> it's like this thing that he weighs like 10 pounds, but he can just wear you out. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Well, let's hope you don't pull one of those almond moments where you have a blood vessel pop out of your eye for no reason. So let's try and make sure that we stay away from that. Yeah. Uh, one word on the street, and by word on the street is because you told me you got to beat Ross's team in a basketball game yesterday as well. How, how fun is it to compete against like some of the former teammates when you get a chance to? You know, it's it's uh, it's a whole lot more fun playing with uh, Ross and Taylor and uh, some of the other guys that live around town just because we still kind of have, uh, um, especially Ross and Taylor and I, we have the old scout team uh, connection still, so we kind of understand how each other plays. Um, but unfortunately, Ross's team beat us last night. Uh, it was a hard-fought battle. I think uh, no defense was played. The score was like 90, <laughs> 93 to 90 or something like that. They, they, his team won. Um, but you always want to beat. You always want to beat your friends. I don't know. So yeah, I, I was disappointed. There's something, something about those bragging rights. Cause I, I know like when we used to do summer league too, like even some of you guys who, you know, didn't go on to play in the professional or have a professional career, you guys would suit up and like really compete. Like it was like no joke walking into those games <laughs> for real. Like you just want to have those bragging rights against like your former teammates, your friends and all that stuff, just to be able to have one against them. Uh, well, you said there was no defense being played uh, in your game last night. All the defense was being played in this Georgetown and Crane game, a pretty low-scoring game. But the Jays wound up winning by 10 points in uh, the nation's capital last night, 63-53. to 53. All five of Jays starters are in double figures, as per usual. That's something that we're, we've kind of grown accustomed to. Ryan Cockbender led the way with 16 points, eight rebounds. Uh, this was a game, like I said, not a lot of great offense, but you got to credit both teams with how they uh, established themselves defensively. What was kind of your I, – I was on uh, Matt DiMarina, so shout out to Matt. I was on his podcast post-game uh, when – was it? Yeah, it was the pink out that last game, right, that Jays beat Xavier at home. And then we talked about this upcoming game kind of being a low-key trap game because, you know, these teams, there's no easy wins in conference play, as you well know. And uh, Georgetown, with the way that they've been kind of struggling these past couple of years, it's kind of easy to overlook a team like that. So I want to know what was your initial thoughts going into the game and then obviously seeing the outcome, uh, what you thought yeah. once the game was concluded. You know, you, like you said, you mentioned it. It's an easy game to be a trap game going against or going from like the great atmosphere, a great big win over the number one uh, team in the Big East in Xavier, and then going to play the worst team in the Big East in kind of the exact opposite atmosphere. Um, you know, I think there's like... You had to manufacture your own energy uh, there because it was the crowd wasn't given anything. Um, but you kind of had to assume a game like this was coming maybe from from our standpoint offensively, um, just because we played pretty well offensively the last couple of games and we've kind of had this ebb and flow of the season. Um, didn't make shots, but we didn't let it let it affect us like we did maybe earlier in the year. Uh, played good defense, locked it down. Um, I think. Uh, Two of their guys scored 21 points on 32 shots, their two best players. So that's that's obviously if you're forcing people to shoot that much and they're not scoring that much, that's that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, that's one of those things that I guess people don't really understand about that road environment. Like as much as a home environment can help you, that us against the world mentality can also help you too. But when you're in an arena that's, you know, it's a really nice arena. I've had a chance to play there before. And there's no more than like maybe what 1500 people in the stands like it's just it's a really tough 
to get up for a game like that. So kudos to the Jays for obviously being able to prevail in not a tough environment. Let's call it like a weird environment, right? Where it's just, there's not a lot of juice and electricity in the building. It's a uh, no, one of those whatsoever. things where like, just... no, go ahead. It's it. No, no, no atmosphere to speak of. And it's, you know, <laughs> it, it's hard for teams. You know, like you said, it's a lot harder. I feel like sometimes those games are harder to play in than the games where the crowd is really rocking because uh, you can kind of amp yourself up for those. The, the games where you kind of have to manufacture your own energy, that is a little bit like, oh, it's practice or it's, it makes it, it's harder for you to get that mentality like, oh, I need to get going. Um, and it's easier for teams that maybe aren't as good to stick around in those games uh, just because they can stick around in those games if you can't really pull away. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mac really praised the team's defensive effort in the post-game presser, especially what Trey Alexander was able to do. Uh, it kind of goes to what you were talking about, holding the top two players to such low efficiency. Uh, talk to me about, obviously, the Jays' overall defense. That's in the last couple of years, especially with the ascension of Cogburner, they've kind of hung their hat on that side of the floor, which is very unusual for Coach Mac led team uh, to be so uh, proficient defensively. Talk to me about like some of the stuff that you saw last night. Obviously, Trey Alexander gets a lot of credit from the coaching staff, but it's been a real team effort this year. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it starts and ends with Kalkbrenner. Uh, he just makes everything so difficult for the defense, or excuse me, for the offense. Um, he makes it just so hard to score at the, at the goal so that, like, I, I can't, I don't know the stat in front of me, so I don't want to quote it, but I want to say teams. Uh, shot percentage at the like right at the bucket against Creighton is like one of the lowest is like lowest in the Big East. So mm -hmm. if you're not scoring at the bucket and then you're not getting a ton of offense rebound production, then it's a hard to hard to really score. You know, teams can sometimes can rely on those uh, easy old chip shots. And really in the game uh, today, it's kind of a three point game and a layup dunk game. So how we force teams to shoot long contested twos. You kind of say, okay, if you're going to shoot those, they're the harder shot because no one practices. The people don't practice them as much, and it's a less efficient shot. So you have to score a lot more of those to try to beat us. That just makes all the difference, and it is like I said, it's a lot easier when you got a seven foot uh, guy. You can just block shots so well, and then just alter shots so well that it's sitting at the rim. You don't maybe need to be as good at on ball uh, defense as uh, as you did in the past when you didn't have him. 
Like, I think that Tyshawn, you know, those guys, he was one of the better on-ball defenders. Even Alex O'Connell in the past couple years was one of the better on-ball defenders. Maybe they don't have those quite the same guys this year. Uh, but, again, you don't necessarily need to when you got Kalkbrenner uh, waiting behind you. I thought you did such an amazing job against Xavier, just, you know, creating that uh, threat of the block at the rim, obviously, which really affected Sule Boom's production. And then you saw it again last night, as he always does. Um, but also just the fact that those guards were able to get up and to be able to chase around those screens too. Like, I think, you know, Cogbrenner gets a whole lot of credit, but that's why I wanted to kind of mention Trey Alexander. And then obviously the job that uh, Ryan Emhart was able to do against Sule Boom on, on Saturday mm -hmm. too. Like, uh, it, it, it takes everybody, right? It takes everybody to be able to understand and to funnel guys into that position too. But much to what you said, like Cogbrenner, he's just so different as far as like just being an intimidating force inside. and. Uh, it's not only the shots that he blocks, but like like you said too, it's the shots that he affects and just the the mental game that he plays with the opponent of like you really don't want to come in here because it's not gonna it's not gonna work out well for you. He was challenged yesterday and he pinned that one off the backboard, which led to a Kaluma uh, layup on the other end. So th that was one of the better sequences defensively, defense leading to offense for the Jays last night. But yeah, man, Kalkbrenner, he he's been pretty spectacular and he's just continuing his stellar play. He's getting more and more in shape and more and more into the swing of things. Another guy I definitely wanted to highlight is Arthur Kaluma. You know, everybody knows who listens to this podcast that I've been pretty hard on, on Arthur, you know, because I think he's got all the talent in the world. Uh, he's a really great kid. Uh, but I think these past couple of games is the most consistency that I've seen from him. And, and that is one of the things that I think myself and a lot of fans wanted to see out of him is just, consistent play through a four or five game uh, basis. I think what he's really uh, gotten a lot better at is his effort and energy crashing the glass offensively and giving himself some of those easy putbacks and running hard in transition for those couple of easy points a game that could kind of get you in the groove. What have you seen from R30 this past month really uh, that has kind of you know caught your eye about you know stuff that maybe he wasn't doing before that he is doing now or maybe even vice versa, stuff that he was doing too much of before that he's reduced and it's also helping his game. You know, I think it's these last five games, it's almost been a little bit similar to last year after he got hurt. Um, you know, before that, he was really kind of going like 150 miles an hour all the time. Um, and then when he got hurt, he kind of came back. And then I don't know if it was mentally or if it was physically, he wasn't able to go quite that speed and he kind of slowed his game down and then really kind of was able to let things come to him. I've noticed that it kind of earlier in the year, he seemed like he was pressing a little bit, trying to get his, like, not necessarily get his shots up, but try to be the, he was trying to be the playmaker. And that was, you know, that's maybe not necessarily where his game's at right now. Uh, mm -hmm. But what he's done really well is, like you mentioned, he's really worked hard on the offensive glass. He's really worked hard uh, to get manufacture easier shots. And I still don't understand how any defender falls for it, but his shot fake <laughs> is one of the best in the country. And he's able to get two or three easy buckets just off that alone. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's able to use that really, really well. And I think just overall, he's kind of slow. I, to me, it just looks like he's kind of slowed down and kind of taken a little bit more that the game has given him. His like drive into the paint, two foot jump stop, pump fake, pump fake, pump fake, reverse pivoted to a layup last night was just, that was, uh, uh, Paul Pierce like really like then that's who I was really thinking of like Paul Pierce was one of those guys who was known for having that really high extended pump fake uh not a great three-point shooter in his right talk about Paul Pierce here but he was able to get guys to bite on him because of how 
well he was able to to pump it, them into the air. I just feel like Arthur's got a lot of that in this game. And I just, like you said, I love the slowdown of it all for him. Maybe it's just experience has finally allowed the game to slow down for him, like visually, as opposed to, like you mentioned, going 100 miles an hour uh, a ton last year, maybe pressing a little bit to start this year. But again, like th those are some of the things that we've been asking for him to do. And I'm very happy that he's kind of figured it out um, and it's just kind of looking like he's on a roll right now. Like, again, nobody really shot the ball that great yesterday, but for him to come out with 12 points, I think eight rebounds, uh, it just kind of goes to show that, like, on a game like that a little bit earlier in the year, like, he would have been discouraged, maybe put his head down and not really feel like he's a part of the game. But he's kind of forcing himself to be a part of the game because he's crashing the glass and getting those easy scoring opportunities. And the, there was a sequence against Xavier that he had uh, that was like this, that he just wanted the ball more than anyone on Xavier. Uh, he had like three offensive rebounds in a right one, in that know, one possession and then finally tip it in. And that just kind of shows I me mean, those aren't fluky plays. Those are plays that like you have to want it. There's three or four uh, Xavier defenders around there. And he, that's, that's like a, that's a, a desire thing. And he, he showed that he wanted it. And that's, that's something he could really bring with his athleticism. All right, Maddie Ice, don't look now, but the Jays are on a five-game winning streak, baby. <laughs> what is going on this year where the pendulum swings in such a drastic way? Like, literally two weeks ago, we made a show with Ross, uh, and it was just kind of like, okay, like, what is happening with this team? Are we even an at-large team at this point in time, you know, type of thing? And then you fast-forward two weeks, it's just like, oh, we're at the top of the Big East standing. Right now, we are behind... Uh, Providence, who's at nine and three, and then Xavier and uh, Marquette are tied at ten and two uh, at the top of the standings, and we're right behind them at at eight and three right there. So uh, we have Villanova coming into our arena on Saturday. What do the Jays have to do to kind of maintain this positive momentum? Like we all know Villanova's history; they're not quite the team that they were under Jay Wright. They have some of you know, their own stuff that they're dealing with, but nonetheless, a very dangerous team that you'd never want to take for granted uh, coming into your building. So what is some of the stuff that you've seen that the Jays must continue to do in order to keep this uh, winning streak alive? Well, it's got to start on the defensive end because not every shot's going to go in. Not always going to, I would say, unfortunately, with this team, I think we're probably going to have more nights like last night offensively where the shots weren't falling. Um, so you got to, and Max said in his post-game press conference, defense travels. Uh, you know, defense is going to go to the Big East tournament. Defense is going to go to the, the NCAA tournament. So if you can rely on defense and hang your head on defense, um, then you can win some games. And I think that this team can do it. Um, one thing I really do want to see down the stretch here is maybe not looking forward to March, just looking at a game at a time. You know, Villanova's, even though they're struggling, they're still always, like you said, a dangerous team. They still got players. They still got guys. Some of those guys in the team were in the Final Four last year. Uh, so... Yeah, they went in the final four, right? Elite? No, they were in the final uh, four. So, you know, some no, of those guys no. were – was it Elite Eight? Uh, yes, I'm hearing, I'm hearing from our producer that he was – that they were in the final four last year. Right. Final four. So they, Shout out to so they got some in the guys background that, making things happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they got guys that know how to win, uh, even though they necessarily haven't done it this year. So winning the games you're supposed to win is going to be key. So Villanova, St. John's, Georgetown again. Uh, you got to knock those, you got to win those games um, and then see where the cards fall with Providence and with Marquette and with um, uh, Xavier. Uh, geez, Xavier. Yeah. See what they, what they, uh, what happens with them. But 
Um, concern wise, we might get into this later. I still do want to see something a little bit more from the bench. Uh, we need a little bit of bench production. I know that our, our starting five is the only one in the country to have everyone over like 11 points. I think, you know, it's the only one in the country that has, that gets such great production, but we're going to have games where shots aren't falling or maybe foul trouble comes, uh, you know, we're going to Providence. I guarantee someone's going to get in foul trouble there. You know, I, I guarantee that's going to happen. So uh, getting some production doesn't have to be 10, 12 points, but a little something from the bench. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So here's the thing when I was prepping for our uh, conversation today, I, I've been so harsh on the bench mob that I just kind of wanted to give him a, a pass today. I, I didn't want to have another podcast where I'm just like, guys, like we need something from the bench. We need something from the bench. But since you mentioned it, I mean, no bench scoring last night. All of our points came from the starting five. Like you said, like in those tough environments, when you go down on the road, you just kind of have to expect the unexpected. Something fluky is going to happen where someone's going to pick up a quick two who can come off the bench and kind of give them a spark. Uh, it was tough to do so last night. Like I said, no electricity in the building whatsoever to even feed off of, but it just kind of goes to show how, uh, you know, like we are used to down the stretch in the season, the, the bench shines up a little bit. Like instead of playing like a nine man rotation, Mac is probably going to shorten it to about, seven but we still need two guys to come off the bench and give us something like you said doesn't have to be 10 points by one guy but it, it needs to be at the very least in my opinion 10 points by the the combination of guys that mac is throwing out there uh off the bench who who do you have your eye on as far as a guy that you think could give us that kind of production um off the bench well he hasn't done it but uh fran he he's such a good shooter and you know for the rest of his career has been a good shooter this year for a reason he just can't get off the schneid he just like mm -hmm. it's good looks there's not falling i think that if he sees a couple go down in a game uh then that could maybe be a good thing moving forward for us because i think he he can uh kind of like a snowball rolling downhill maybe if he starts making them then he gets more of the confidence to shoot him a little bit more you know he's always kind of a steadying figure, even though he doesn't necessarily score uh mm -hmm. he usually does good things on the court it just um like you said, we need some bench production. So if he could knock down a couple threes, uh, you know, even if you get a guy like, uh, you know, Fred getting a couple putbacks, he I mean, he did that against uh, Xavier at a couple buckets, things like that, that just, so it's not, we don't just rely only on the starters. Well, Fabarello did have that one game against Nebraska where he was the only one that was making shots that game. Uh, I really thought that was going to be what propels him into, you know, like you said, like a little bit more confidence having seen, I think he made five threes in that game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, literally the only Jay to make consistent shots in that game, but it just kind of hasn't, you know, worked out for him for whatever reason. And, you know, he came to Crane because he understands Mac's offensive uh, prowess, uh, the way that Mac places guys in order to get them open looks and open shots. It's just a matter of you being able to knock him down. I think, uh, you know, he like you said, he's had some good looks, but he just haven't, haven't gone down. So he's also a guy that, for me, 
uh, I feel could be a steadying hand coming off the bench just to, you know, give the guys a couple of minutes of not only steady play, but a, a little bit of an offensive punch because we're going to need it. Uh, like there's going to be more nights like, uh, like we had last night where shots just aren't falling. You just kind of have to grind it out, but it would really help if someone could come in and just, you know, provide that spark off the bench too. It's, it's just been such an interesting season for the Jays. Like, honestly, like I said, it's just the pendulum of swing has swung back and forth so drastically that you really don't quite know what to expect next. But right now we're kind of riding the right wave, let's, let's say. Uh, we kind of talked about what to expect from Villanova um, this upcoming game. But, Matt, I want to pick your brain on how you think the rest of the season is going to fare with uh, us having played the toughest of the Big East uh, competition on the road already. Uh, some of those guys have to return. Like we still have Marquette uh, has to come over here. Uh, UConn has to come over here. Um, we had Providence at home already and we beat them. Now we have to go over there uh, and play them. So what what is your expectation for the Jays as the season uh, continues? You know, I was just pulling up the schedule here on my phone. Like you said, um, I think I, you got to beat the Villanova, you got to beat Seton Hall, you got to beat St. John's. Uh, you know, those are the, the ones that you should win. You got to win those. And then I think that we got to take care of business at home. I think we can't go, we can't lose to anyone at home. So you got to beat UConn, you got to beat Marquette at, at home. Um, obviously, that's a lot easier said than done. Uh, but if we get those things done, then I think we're going to put ourselves, uh, even if it might not be to win the Big East, we'll put ourselves in good standing. And I think would be uh, easily an at-large, um, you know, probably in a top six seed um, in the NCAA tournament. But I think it just is going to come down to um, continue to play with confidence. I think that now that we got Kalkbrenner back, everyone's kind of on that. It seems to be healthy. Um, we got the things flowing a little bit. I think even when we were struggling, teams didn't necessarily want to play us, you know, they because they could they saw what they, was, po yeah, they they saw what was possible. Yeah, they didn't want to play us. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely saw what was possible. And now that um, we're kind of back full strength and things are kind of clicking again, teams are kind of looking at us and going, ooh, Marquette's probably going, ooh, I don't know if we want to play these guys again. And UConn's going, ooh, I don't know if we want to play these guys again. Uh, just because we're uh, kind of clicking on all cylinders. But I think we have to understand that there's going to be times where um, shots aren't falling or things aren't going quite as well. But we just have to stick with the defense and, and hang our hat on that. To your point about, you know, what our potential seed might be in the NCAA tournament, not to look too far forward, but I've seen us in some of these mock uh, tournaments as high as seven and as low as 10. I think on any given week, the guys who do those predictions, they just kind of see the ups and downs that we've been having and they just kind of place us accordingly. Uh, but yeah, like if you mentioned, I, I that's kind of called like the Shaq formula. That's what he said that the used to always tell his Lakers teams, win the games at home, win the games that you're supposed to, and then, you know, battle like heck for the games with, that you're quote unquote are supposed to win. So those are like the tough games on the road, right? And then you just kind of like let the chips forward and may after that, I think if the Jays kind of follow that formula that they're going to put themselves in a really good position, I could see them being as high, like you said, as a six seed, just because of the struggles of, the, of early on in the year. I think the people who make those decisions are really going to penalize the Jays for that. But at the same time, the way that we're moving right now and the ascension of the team as a, as a whole, and imagine if like we get the bench production that we've been so lamenting these past few months, uh, the Jays are going to be a team that anybody is going to want to see across from come NCAA tournament time. So 
right now the goal for the team is obviously, like you said, to take it one game at a time and just to have that steady ascension and in, leading into a Big East tournament play. And then we'll just kind of see uh, where everything uh, is when we get to that point. That, that, that's a pretty simple formula for me. What say you, Matt? No, I think that uh, that we could we can make some noise, especially if they we're playing now. I think it just is going to rely. I, I've said it like 10 times. I'm going to say it again. Uh, keep hanging the hat on defense. And then we're going to have games like we had against Xavier where shots fell. Um, and then we're going to have games like that against Georgetown where shots don't. Uh, but I think the thing that's kind of changed from, from this past five games to uh, the games earlier in this season is that I think guys are maybe playing a little looser now. I think earlier in this year, I kind of mentioned with Arthur, guys were kind of pressing. I think that maybe got expectations got to him a little bit, um, maybe got a little bit humbled uh, by some of the things that happened. And I think that's there's nothing wrong with that, um, getting a little humbled and saying, okay, maybe we're not as good as we we thought we were. But if we if we play the best we can, we could still be really good. We just want to avoid looking like we did some of those other games. We want to look, avoid looking like we did against Nebraska, you know, where we didn't. Our worst doesn't look very good, but our best still looks pretty good. Right. <laughs> that, that's actually, that's the best thing that I guess I said so far. Like that actually encapsulates the season in a, in a nice little bottle, you know, like our worst looks not great at all, but our best is still, you know, a top 10, top 15 caliber team in the nation for sure. Maddie Ice, I appreciate you so much for taking time out. I know you're on a busy schedule, but I just want to say thank you again. Uh, is there any last word that you want to, you know, extend to Blue Jays fans that are watching the boys play? Keep turning them on. The environment, I actually got to be there on uh, on Saturday uh, for the pink out game. That was one of the best environments uh, for the last couple of years. Um, hopefully these next, I uh, got four home games left. Hopefully we can get it rocking uh, the same way and then make some noise down in uh, uh, up in New York. Four games and four home games left is crazy because it literally just feels like the season started yesterday, but yeah, these things tend to go by quickly when we're having fun, don't they? Do. Once again, Maddie, I appreciate you. Uh, take care of yourself. Get some sleep if you can. Shout out to Brooke. Shout out to Jude. Uh, love you, brother. Can't wait to see you again. And yeah, make sure to like and subscribe to the Field of 68 Media Network. Like I always say, uh, I'm your host, Jahans Maniga. This has been my guest, Matthew Dolwerk. And as always, go Jays. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.